love, join Kiani and I on this episode as we talk about women's health and fitness, struggles we face going into fitness with our weight fluctuating, and walking in purpose with God. The episode starts now. Hi guys, my name is Sierra and I am here with, wow, <laughs> I am here with Kiani today and this is going to be another episode of Health, Wealth, Woman. And if you want to introduce yourself, kind of tell you, um, kind of tell us what, what you do for a little bit. Okay. Yeah. So like Sarah said, my name is Kiani Adams. Um, I'm from Bridgeport, Connecticut, and I'm a physical therapist and a fitness coach for women primarily. Um, I enjoy strength training. I enjoy helping people rehab from injuries or even prevent injuries. And growing up, I played sports my entire life. So ultimately now that I'm older and in my career I like to combine my interest and that's what led me to physical therapy and ultimately creating a a company called Lifting for Women which um, helps women achieve their fitness goals through lifting and sustainable solutions. Oh wow so when did you decide to link physical therapy with your fitness? So well let's back up to younger years. So when I was in high school, I played basketball, I played volleyball, but basketball was uh, my main sport. And then I went on to college and played three years there. So that was very like routine for me. It was very structured. Like your whole day is set out with practices, games, um, food is like, everything is prepared for you. So I was really in a routine, but once I stopped playing basketball, um, it was like my senior year of college and I just wanted to like have fun and you know party and stuff and I gained a lot of weight because I didn't have that routine anymore I didn't have that structure so at the time around that same time I was applying to physical therapy school because I wanted to work with um, athletes or a more athletic uh, or active population so I was applying to physical therapy school and I got in but I was really overweight and I was starting to get into my head about like being in healthcare and being overweight. And I really wanted my clients and my patients to like buy into what I was saying. And I felt like if I don't look a certain way, if I don't like carry myself a certain way, it's going to be hard for patients to like really follow what I'm saying, especially in like a sports or outpatient setting. So I really took that time during PT school to apply things that I already knew from my sports background and what I was using in physical, what I was learning in physical therapy to kind of get myself back into shape. And then um, I like to educate people. So I kind of combined all those things with my personal experience um, going through school. And then now that I graduated in 2021, I um, just went off and kind of just been hit the ground running with using my social media to educate, help people and um, combine the two. So it was really a lot of like personal experience, some insecurity, and then also my genuine um, desire to help people. Wow. I love that. And I understand that um, that insecurity of like when you have to gain weight, but you're in a setting where it kind of it doesn't like really matter, but it matters because the way our society is. Um, I kind of went through that same journey when I became um, a personal trainer. So my weight has been, I have PCOS, my weight has been fluctuating on and off. And I could be doing all the right things, eating all the right things. And then out of nowhere, I can gain like 20 pounds. And that happened once where my doctor was like, if I didn't see you three weeks ago, 
I would have believed that you gained that much weight in such a more amount of time. And it's not that I'm doing anything back. It's just sometimes yeah. the body doesn't know what to do. And it just sent insulin um, sensitivity mm-hmm. and you can yeah. pick up that weight. And it's like, oh, well, I was just trying to be a personal trainer. So oh, now I got all this weight. How am I going to help people? Even though I know how to help people, I've helped train people to get into the military, but I'm sitting here and I can't lose 15, 20, 35 pounds. Yeah. I think it does mess with your, your psyche a little bit. And I think that I don't think it has anything to do with being a good like trainer, a good coach, but I do think we can't like ignore like people's perceptions, like perception is everything. Um, so that does play a role to an extent, but you can still help people and, uh, be overweight is more so like, I don't know. I just, I think it's more so for me. Yeah. Like, Cause I know how I am with perception. Like, for example, with like, for example, like doctors, like if you have a, if you have a heart problem and you go to a, a cardiac surgeon and they smoke cigarettes, it's like, there's no way you're going to be my heart doctor. You're not, there's no way you're going to be able to like guide me in the right way. So I think about that stuff. And ultimately at the end of the day, like it really doesn't matter, but at the same time, it does play a role. Yeah. So again, when you go in the gym, you see like this buff person, well, you, let's say you see a girl, she got like all the right muscles. She got the shape you want, or you see somebody else and it's like, well, which one are you going to go for? But then it changes. So I remember when I first started, um, when I first started going to um, the gym and being a personal trainer and they were like, oh, we have like a really good trainer. Like she trains like really hardcore. So when you look at like the list of trainers, they'd be like, oh, it has to be this one. Um, because they were like a really buff trainer, but they're like, no, it's actually this one. This mm-hmm. is the one who like, if you want a real workout, if you want someone to understand you, your body and how to get your goals, this is the one. So it's like, once you get past your own head, it doesn't matter what's going on. When you're good, you're good. And people are going to show up for that. Exactly. And, and now, now, um, I'm a lot, I'm a lot thicker than I was like when I first lost weight, I got too small. I felt like I was too small and then I gained weight and then I went back down and then I put on more muscle. Like I've been through so many like transformations. So like now I think going through that has helped me be able to feel confident in my ability to help all types of people. So I think like really just learning from your own journey and, um, like taking notes while you're at different spots of your life and being able to kind of gather that to apply it to different people was helpful as well. And you can relate to your client instance. So if it's someone who like fluctuates, you can be like, yeah, it's okay. And especially because you do focus on like weight training, because when you build up a little bit more meat than normal, the muscle is building up under there. So it's still going to look a little bit, not quite Mm -hmm. as tone on the outside, but you got to understand, they have to understand that. And you're like, well, I'm weighing myself when I'm gaining weight or I'm weighing myself, I'm saying the same. But how do you feel? How are your clothes wearing? Like, it's exactly. more than just one perception of yourself. Exactly. So I think that's a good way of having your clients think of think of themselves in multiple ways as well. Yeah, I, I tell my clients to, well, I tell most of my clients because a lot of the clients that I work with, they get like anxiety when it comes to the scale and they get like very... Um, like in their head, they get apprehensive to get on the scale because they don't want to see the numbers. So I tell them to throw out the scale. We just use really how you're feeling, um, circumference measurements, different metrics within your workouts, your consistency, your eating habits, 
um, your ability to go out to social events and not be in your head about messing up your progress. That's what I like to teach my clients to look at um, as opposed to just the number on the scale. If you're somebody that gets freaked out by the number on the scale, because those are more yes. important things. Because <laughs> that's, and that's the difference between how you work with a client when they come up, be like, hey, I need to lose like 15 pounds by July. <laughs> yeah. But like, what's your real goal? <laughs> <laughs> exactly it has to be bigger than that and that's, so when you're when your clients come to you and they have like like a very short-term goal of weight and time frame how do you handle that with them oh I tell them straight up like that's not gonna happen like you <laughs> you might not reach <laughs> you might not reach that say you want to lose 15 pounds by next one month you're not going to reach that goal by next month. The only way you can really reach that goal is if you're severely obese and like very, very overweight. Like you can drop pounds really quickly, but the person that's like not that much overweight and doesn't have like too much to lose, they're not going to drop pounds that quickly. So I kind of tell them that and I let them know that although you might not get to the goal that you want, you can see a lot of changes within that short period of time, but it's not going to be the end goal that you're expecting. So I think setting the expectation is really is everything. And I also like to ask people, like, what have you done before? Because a lot of people that say these things, they've they've done like serious, like extreme restrictive routines that allow you to maybe drop weight quickly. But we first have to define what weight loss is. Do you want to lose weight? Like as in numbers on the scale, do you want to lose fat? Because those are two different processes. So I always tell them that and I really just be straight up with them. Like that's not going to happen, but here is what can happen. You have to buy into that process. If not, then we might not be a great fit to work together. And then how do you explain the losing weight compared to losing fat? What's the difference? Lose Losing weight versus losing fat. I always tell people weight is composed of everything that's in your body. So water, muscles, bones. If you're weighing yourself during a certain time of the day, you're going to have um, more of those things, like more things in your body. Like if you're weighing yourself after a meal or towards the end of, the end of your day, you're going to have more likely more water weight. If you had certain type of meals, like high sodium meals, you're going to definitely weigh a little more. So those things play a role in your weight. Now, when you get into fat loss, you can't really tell how much fat you have by just the number on the scale. So that's where you will start using um, circumference measurements, how your clothes fit, because these things can change, although the number on the scale isn't changing or going up. Um, but the only true way that you will know your fat loss is to get like a DEXA scan or um, like something that is like very high tech and causes a lot of costs a lot of money. So I tell people not to look at the number on the scale because weight is really just all those things combined and instead use circumference measurements because if you're losing um, fat, the circumference measurements will at first start to go down, like say, for example, flabby arms like they'll first start to go down as you're losing fat around your arms and then when you get to a certain body fat and you start to really truly build muscle then it'll start going up again because your muscles will start getting bigger but initially you'll see those numbers go down and then they'll go back up and I think one question that we all want to know is how do we lose that fat off the body 
but keep the shape. Yeah. So <laughs> the thing is, the the it's a hard question to answer because yes, you can do, you can't, people always say you can't spot reduce, right? So yeah. <laughs> you can't, you can't spot reduce unless you're at a very, very low body fat percentage. Like if you're already very skinny, you can definitely do a whole bunch of bicep curls and increase the size of your biceps and you'll see it. But most people aren't that um, skinny. They don't have uh, that much of a um, low body fat percentage. So with that being said, initially, you're going to have to do compound exercises. So exercises that engage big muscle groups at first in order to kind of burn a lot of the calories and get your weight down. But then once you're at a comfortable body fat percentage, then you can start doing more targeted exercises. But what people don't realize is that because you can't buy, you can't target places at first, you're going to start to lose in places that you may want to keep. So, <laughs> so that's where, that. exactly, that's where people kind of get a little annoyed, they get uh, discouraged and like, oh, I'm not doing this no more because I'm not lifting weights because I lost my butt doing that. But the thing is that you, because you can't spot reduce at first, you're going to lose it in places where you want to keep it, like I said. And until you get over the fact that that's going to happen, you're never really going to be able to get to where you want to be because that's just the reality of it. Um, so it's hard to get people to buy into that. And also part of it is genetics. Like some people are like, oh, I want a big butt. And I want like, like one girl asked me last week, um, how do I get like, she was like, my the top of my butt sits perfectly, but how do I get like the lower glutes? Um, I'm just like, you've been at this for like two years. You're doing everything right. Like maybe it's just not meant to be. Like a lot of times <laughs> it's genetics. So it, it really, it depends on like your mindset and like how, how consistent you are and then also if like if you have the genes for it like not everybody's gonna have a big butt after doing all the glute exercises in the world you know so (laughs) so I think I think setting the expectation is important but um nothing is really set in stone with um exercise the only things that you can really count on is like you feeling better if you're not like training too hard obviously and then like having more confidence, being able to like feel empowered by showing up for yourself. And then like the objective measurements that you'll be able to see in terms of like bone density or muscle mass. But outside of that, nothing is guaranteed. Unfortunately, nope. that's not the answer <laughs> people want to hear, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're like, we want these kind of results now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I try to be as real as possible because, um, when people are investing in their health with you, they want a certain result. And I think if you can set the, like set the expectation right away, like you eliminate any disappointment. And I think and that's important. Disappointment, it'd be when you start losing stuff that you happy with. Cause like I've, everyone in my family, they have, they have a fairly large chest and I've always had a very small one. So when I would gain weight, because again, between the boobs and the butt, it pretty much is fat. When I would mm-hmm. gain weight and I would lose the weight, I wouldn't quite lose it in my belly, but I would lose it in my boobs. And I'm like, <laughs> this not think back in Jesus because I'm losing the stuff I want to keep, but the other stuff is staying. And then I would exactly. gain weight again. The boobs <laughs> got smaller. And I'm like, no, I'm not losing no weight again. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's annoying. <laughs> 
I'm yes. like, no, the good stuff keeps shrinking, but my waist keeps growing. So yeah, it's hard. <laughs> it's, it's really hard. And I just think that it's just, it's just like really a mental game with yourself. And it's a mental game. And I don't think you'll ever win. It's not. Like, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I think you just need to like really like look at the benefits of it in terms of like overall health. Like once you take aesthetics out of it, which is hard to do, I think that um, you can live with it, but it's hard to do that. The aesthetics is hard when now I got to buy a baby doll top because now my <laughs> my boob went down with my weight grew. That is that is so funny. <laughs> what's your what's your favorite type of exercise? Um, I love leg work because I have like I can kick like a donkey. I can lift anything and anyone. I have very I've always had naturally strong legs. Um, so even when even when I do gain weight, if I still have like a little slab at the top, if I go to the gym and I really just like start squatting and doing some stuff, you'll see that little line that show up within like two or three weeks because my legs I gain muscle fairly fast especially in my lower body so when it comes to doing stuff I can I I used to love training um at the gym with the guys because they would be like no you can lift more than me but <laughs> yeah women like relatively speaking like body like if you compare a uh, woman's body weight versus a uh, man relative like relative to your body weight women are stronger than men low, when it comes to lower body lower body could be have also be. exactly and also men don't like trading legs you be seeing men with like big upper body <laughs> and then some chicken legs i'm like stop skipping like that but yeah like from the chest down <laughs> like yeah yeah but like, I, I like i'm <laughs> the guy they only change chest and up like yeah so I think it's important and, and the girls is opposite some girls don't like to train everybody just because the trauma in the past of constantly losing my boobs I don't really like to train upper body and I mean I love feeling strong upper body wise because sometimes opening things are a struggle um but it's it's the math. It has to evenly lose. If we're going to lose the boobs, we at least have to lose the belly because it can't be flatter up top than the middle. <laughs> yeah. The, but think about the stomach too. It, it's like, it's stubborn. so, it's exactly a stomach. Like, that's like the last thing to go. Always. So. The first thing to come, the last thing to go. <laughs> exactly. like, the party's over. <laughs> you can leave, <laughs> sir. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And what's your favorite thing to um I love turn? upper body. I don't like legs. I mean, I hit legs twice a week, but I don't like it. I do it because I like the way I feel after, but I don't genuinely like doing it. You don't enjoy it? No. I mean, I like deadlifting. Squatting feels like, squatting heavy makes me feel like the world is ending. Like the world's just crashing on my shoulders. Um, But I like upper body stuff. I like uh overhead press. I like bench press. Um. But I train everything. But if you, if I had a choice, I would choose everybody. If it was your last day in gym, it would be upper body. Thousand percent. It would be upper body. Upper body and probably like some like kettlebell swings. Okay. Yeah. See, I like, I like the kettlebell swings, but I love anything with moving 
moving my thighs and my hips. Uh-huh. I love because I'm naturally when I've always been naturally thick. Even when I'm even when my legs are t- toned, I'm just naturally thick because I gain a lot of muscle in my thighs. But I just love the feel of squatting. Um, just like hip thrust. Yes, I feel like a donkey. <laughs> like when I just exercise. be doing things, I like give me anything and I can kick it away. <laughs> yeah, that's a good feeling though. I think as long as you're honestly, as long as you're finding like what you like to do, it's great. It's more so not doing it and not being active. That's where people run into issues. And so I have a question about your clients. So with your clients, what is one thing that you see common in them that women probably don't, they don't realize they're doing every day? Um, that is setting them back health or like physically? I think the, I think this is, this could be applied just in general, but like, like trying to chase perfectionism or like we call it like the all or nothing mindset. So for example, at first when I, like a couple of my clients has happened recently where I'll write the program for them and they usually will have like 45 minutes to an hour to work out, but something in life will come up and they can't work out for that duration. And they totally just skip the workout instead of reaching out and saying like, hey, this came up, like, can you like give me something shorter for today? Um, so just thinking that you have to do things for a long period of time or if something comes up that you have to totally skip your plan instead of like modifying on the fly. I think that is the biggest thing that um, holds people back. And then that even happens like outside of the gym. So say you got invited to a wedding and, or like not even a wedding or a social event, some type of social event or occasion. And you know that there's gonna be foods that are deemed unhealthy. There are gonna be drinks there. and you either don't go because you know you're going to be in your head about the decisions you're going to make, or you go and you don't enjoy yourself because you're in the head about the decisions you made and you feel like it's going to ruin your entire progress. And I think that that's what holds people back from doing things for a long period of time. And instead of trying to enjoy your life while you're on this journey of weight loss, they kind of hold themselves hold themselves back either from making progress or they're holding themselves back from enjoying like time with your friends, time with your family. So it's kind of like a lose-lose situation. So I think just trying to chase perfectionism instead of kind of taking life as it comes is what's holding most people back. And that can be applied to any situation in life. Yes. And I think that's the main thing is how you apply it. Because I don't think like how you're saying, like they're seen as a weight loss journey. And I think that's the main difference is instead of it being a part of your lifestyle, they're separating it. Like, oh, well, I can't show because not like, oh, well, this is, I need to work it into my lifestyle. So instead of not going because, well, it's just a journey I'm doing. This is something I'm doing for a few months. Uh-huh. I'd be like, well, I need to be healthy like every day, all the time. Like, this is my body. So like, I'm going to show up for me. And they like, yeah. they out they outsource that feeling. Exactly. And, and go ahead. Sorry. It's delayed. I know because the self-discipline too is like, Instead of having discipline of, okay, I want to show up for this and going to the gym or I'm still going to show up, but to like the party or the event, but you have to have that self-discipline instead of like not going because you see it like, 
there's going to be things everywhere. There's all of these different temptations. It's the world. <laughs> exactly. I think, I think that's one thing as well, like the discipline aspect. And I also think people don't have, some people don't have as much confidence in, in their self as they should. I think that a lot of people can go to an event. And if you're somebody who likes to indulge in drinks, like you can go to an event and have a drink. And I think you should have the confidence to say like, I'm only going to have one or two. And some people don't trust themselves enough to do that. But I do think at the same time, it does take a bit of like trial and error and um, repetition to get to that point. But it does start with putting yourself in, putting yourself in that environment in order to make that change. But unless you unless you put yourself in that environment, you're not going to be able to um, do that. Exactly. So I think that's where like working with somebody like a professional is helpful because they can help guide you through stuff like that. And accountability. Boom. Exactly. Accountability. And accountability is another one that's holding people back because with social media, you got TikTok, you got Instagram, you got everything, you got Google. You could literally get all the information you wanted on how to reach any goal. You could type it in the chat GPT, like literally anything, and it'll give you exactly what to do. No lot. I'll give you the exact blueprint, right? But I realize when people have the information, but they either don't know how to apply it to their situation or they don't have the accountability as in like they don't have any investment into it. Like once you put money down onto something and you commit to something, you view it differently. And I always say people who, what they say, people who don't pay, don't pay attention. That is real to, that's yes. real because when you sign up for a gym, not when you sign up for a gym, when you sign up with a, a a coach at a gym where you sign up for a fitness program and you put money down onto it, you're going to take it seriously. But if you just type something into Google, you're like, oh, I know how to do it. You could just skip. You don't have nobody to report to. You don't got no skin in the game. So it's easy for you to not be held accountable. So I think accountability is another thing that people will benefit from, whether it's paid accountability or you like going to the gym with a friend because you don't want to disappoint the person that like you're saying you're going to commit to this with. So like putting yourself in situations where you have to show up is a good way to kind of get started too. Definitely. And so what's your accountability when you work with clients? Are they all um, like with you in person, gym based? Can you do like virtual? So my rehab clients are with me either in person or hybrid. So we'll do a session um, at a certain frequency per month and then the rest is all virtual and when I say virtual I don't mean like we're on zoom and I'm walking you through stuff it's more so um, you have like 24-7 access to me and I send customized uh, workout programs to an app that I use and on there you'll be able to see your entire program video demonstration and you can message me and as people are kind of working through that I'll send them progressions regressions I'll send alternative exercises like if hey this doesn't work try this one um, and then if anything is going wrong throughout the week not even going wrong say if something pops up you're supposed to work out on Monday I'll switch the workout to a different day I'll modify it to something shorter just to make sure you get it in and it's really just like having a coach in your back pocket. So most of my clients are either online or some form of hybrid. Because one, I think that it's more convenient that way for obviously me, but also the client as well. Because if you think about it, and if you're an in-person 
if you're getting training in person, you only have access to that person for those designated hours. Yeah. Right. So in order to be able to make something a lifestyle, unless you plan to work with somebody for the rest of your life, which some people do, I don't think that's the majority of people. I think you're going to have to start um, building habits outside of the gym. You're going to have to have good lifestyle habits. And in order to do that, you're going to have to have some form of accountability to begin with. Exactly. But early on, it's hard to do that. So if you have access to somebody who can kind of tell you how to navigate through your life as things are popping up, it'll be a lot more easier for you to kind of get that going quicker. And then you'll also get more for your money because you have access to that coach 24-7 as opposed to just two or three hours out of the week. So that's how my program works. I do understand that people do like the in-person aspect, but I do think most results are created outside the gym. Yes. So um, there's an option to work in person, but majority is online. And so with that being a lot of our habits that we do outside of the gym is what really determines how our physique is do you do any um like guidance in that way or like meal planning or helping them um with their outside gym life yeah so there's like four or five key habits that I personally have them follow and then I ask them like hey for this month what's something that you want to improve like what's something in your that has nothing to do with the gym nothing to do with fitness what's something that you want to um kind of build a habit with some people say something as simple as making their bed, reading a book, things like that. And then when it comes to nutrition, I don't do meal plans because I think meal plans are very restrictive in the sense that you have to follow it to the T, right? So with that being said, it's easy for you to fall off if things don't go right. It doesn't give you any like wiggle room to change things up. So I don't really restrict anybody from eating certain foods, but I first do a food audit. So First week of working together, we're not adding anything. We're not changing anything. You're just going about your life, writing down everything you put into your body for that first week. And then we um, hop on a Zoom call, do a food audit and talk about healthy things that you can add into your routine, not things that you can take away, things that you can add into your routine. So say I had fried chicken, broccoli and and I don't know, like something else, right? We're going to mac and cheese boom like what's one thing you can add to that meal or kind of tweak to that meal to make it healthier like instead of doing fried chicken do big chicken and we go through every meal like this and then I find that it's easier for people to always add things into their life than take it away so we start adding in more veggies adding in more uh baked foods adding in more water things like that mentally too when you be like oh we got to work out and you want to take my stuff no, 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 no. <laughs> exactly. So like, no, we we're going to add more food. <laughs> exactly. So adding things. And then once you have that down and you're making healthy decisions on a more consistent basis, doesn't always have to be hundred percent of the time, but we aim for say like you have 21 meals out the week, 80% of those being like solid, then you can start getting into um, more like intricate details. But I think that if you don't have an idea of where you're starting from, it's hard to make changes. Like you have to go through it and actually see exactly what you're doing in order to be like, hey, now I need to change this. 
but it's a step-by-step process. I think people try to take things away too quickly or all at once and then end up feeling like crap. They end up feeling miserable and they end up feeling like, hey, how am I going to do this for a long period of time? So doing it in small steps allows it to feel more achievable. It actually is more achievable and you start feeling good about yourself and you raise awareness about what you're doing. And a lot of people don't have that awareness. So doing that food audit is where it all starts. Um, Then I have some clients where they're ready. They've already went through this process on their own. Like they've done a lot of research and they want to, they're already tracking calories, but they want to get more detailed than that. So if they um, want like macronutrients, like guidance, I'll set like their macros. But with that, that's also a trial and error process because you could eat like 40% carbs, 30% protein, 30% fat, and you not feel right like that, or you start gaining weight in the wrong places and um, you start bit, like feeling low on energy, you may need to tweak things and do different ratios. So it's always starting with some type of audit, seeing how things are going and adjusting from there. But when you change too many things at once, you don't know what's working. Yeah, and that's the thing um, I think in our society, well, in our day and age now is conscious eating has become really hard because there's so much processed food so like with all the added processed food, it gets hard to be like, oh, I'm craving something salty. Let me eat some chips. One, you could be craving something salty because you're dehydrated and that's your body's way of telling you that you're dehydrated. Um, or when you're craving certain things, um, it could be associated with a memory instead of, oh, I need that food. And so when mm-hmm. you're not conscious of how your body truly feels at that moment, you're going to get those signals confused. Exactly. So it all comes back down to raising awareness. Like, why am I craving this? Do Am I actually hungry or am I stressed? Did I just yes. have an argument with somebody and now I want to binge watch Netflix and stuff my face with ice cream? Like things like that are like Stress real coping, me- coping mechanisms that people have, but they don't realize it because they don't take the time to like slow down and think about their actions. Um, and then that's when, so on a weekly basis, I have a, a like a weekly check-in and we talk about these things so you'll fill out a form um you reflect upon like the week and then we'll hop on a call and we talk about exactly like what's going on and what changes needed are needed to be made for the next week and people will realize that although the next week or the following weeks aren't totally perfect it's better than what it was and that's how you move to like a more sustainable lifestyle Uh, when you raise awareness we're able to um like still enjoy things, but not overindulge and know when you need to um, kind of change things up. But you're never going to be 100% perfect ever. Um, but it's still good to strive for that. I like that. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think, I just think being like self, self-aware is like just so important. Yeah, being self-aware, understand your body. But learning yourself first, because you can be like, nah, I like to do this. But do you really? Because you say you like to do it, but when you do it, you don't feel good. You're feeling sluggish after. You think, and that's separating your mind and your body is still separated. Um, You got to sink to and get to know what's going on. Exactly. So just having, just having that, having that knowledge of like what works for you and what doesn't is important, but it's hard to know what works for you, what doesn't, if you never sit down and actually think about it. And people are just like zooming through life, like 
never sitting down and thinking about like the decisions they're making um and how they're feeling about it it's more so just like we end up on autopilot just zooming through life and i know you have your clients do um a little food journal in the beginning to see like how they're eating and what they're doing and then you ask them like a little like lifestyle tips here and there um whether they want to like make their bed every day or like just little activities um do any of them ever like start journaling or like sharing with you be like okay like you got me being conscious of my food so like i yeah. start journaling everything to be aware and like just doing like a full life transformation yeah so i have i have this one client that um she actually i had a i have a course and in the, it's called Lifting for Women Academy now. I changed the name. But in that course, it basically is an educational, like, self-paced course. And there's a workout program attached to it. And she went through the workout program and just, like, applied the, the lifestyle tips. And she was able to lose 15 pounds in three months without, like, any tracking, like, any, like, actual, like, tracking with, like, my fitness power or anything like that. And then <laughs> she wrote me, like, Dear diary, this is what like happened over these last three months. And I was like, I thought that was so cool because like if you make these small changes, you don't have to feel restricted or you don't have to feel overwhelmed while you're going through this process and still like get to where you want to be. Um, so I've had that happen. And then I've also had um clients just become more like grounded in their routine. So like even outside of the gym. So in terms of like morning routines, after work routines, being able to finally put themselves first as opposed to um, like, I work with a lot of moms. So instead of like devoting all their time to like their kids activities and stuff, like setting a bit of not boundaries with their kids, but boundaries with their partner to kind of like set time for them, like to for them to have like workout time. Yeah. Um, instead of like feeling bad for not doing certain things at certain times, like not feeling bad about uh, putting yourself first. And that has made a big difference in like family dynamics and family relationships. So that's, so that's actually cool to see um, because people always are like, moms are always like, oh, I'll like die for my kids and all this stuff. But you also have to make time for yourself to even be alive for them. You know what I mean? So, putting your oxygen mask first exactly boom exactly so I thought that was cool and then one thing with me is I don't I don't I hate before and after pics because <laughs> oh, I hate wow. I hate like I I like to see them like I have obviously have them on myself I post them but the thing I don't like about before and after pics is like I want to see a before and after pic that's like 2023 to 2026 like how do you how are you able to sustain this like you know what I mean like I want to see oh like you don't want to be like oh I got the goal and then yes I want I want longer before and after picks that's what I like to see like that's what impresses me so yeah that's my yeah that's my I tip have before and after <laughs> I have a before and after and I'm trying to get back to that after <laughs> I have I have one and I have I have um like before I started like my journey and I was like when I first gained weight and then I had me at my smallest and I gained weight again and then I went down and then now I have me now like mine is like this over time. <laughs> I think all of us <laughs> yeah it's I mean it's life though like I, I enjoy stuff like that I like seeing the journey because different seasons like your body needs different things 
you can't yeah. always just be going hard in the gym or even if, even if you are going to the gym, sometimes it's going to be like, well, maybe I can only do 20 minutes a day or it's going to have to cut back. But then if you don't balance that stress, people don't understand that if your stress is really high in life, it don't matter what you eat and how hard you're working out. A lot of that is going to stay what you're trying to get rid of because you didn't balance the mind with it. So that stress is going to hold on. It's going to mm-hmm. make you more sensitive, more sensitive to gaining weight when you're eating things because your body is like, nah, we in survivor mode. So we need to hold all the fat on. Yeah. That's why, that's why having, um, like struck, not even structure, but having like ways to decompress outside of like gym or even work is important because when your body is stressed, like you are ultimately producing more cortisol, your stress hormone, right? And then that makes it easier for you to put on fat. Not saying that if you're stressed this week, like you're going to put on a lot of fat, but that over time, not like fixing that, that can make it hard for you to make any true changes in your weight. And I don't think people realize that, especially if you're working out every day, going really hard, that's also stress. Like stress isn't just mental stress or like stress mm-hmm. from your life. Like stress is physical load that you're putting to your body. Your body needs to recover from that. So being able to have some way to decompress both mentally and physically is going to be important for you to get to your goal and also for you to like stick with that, stick with that result over time. And sleep going through 16 hours a day weightlifting work kids family and then not resting the moment you don't put sleep is I think the number one priority when it comes to health because if your sleep's out of whack your hormones are going to be out of whack for men and women because your body does not have that downtime to process it to reload it to relax so you again you go on high cortisol all day long you sleep three, four hours here, maybe take a nap here. Cortisol never came down. It's just, yeah, it's just continuing to go. And then also when you're sleep deprived, you make horrible decisions. Like everything about like you, <laughs> like you still up really late and then you get up, you have to get up for work or get up for something in the morning and you just make the worst decisions. You go to like Dunkin' Donuts, get a coffee, um, load it up with sugar. You don't have your food prep. So you end up buying food out. Um, then when you get home, you don't have no energy. So you're probably just going to eat again and then just crash on the couch. And then you never bounce back from that. So like being, being sleep deprived, like just sets you up to make horrible decisions. And as I've gotten older, I started to prioritize my sleep more. That's one thing that I've started to do differently. I have a question for you. Yes. So I, I posted this on Facebook. So um, I said, what is one thing that as you got older, you started to value more? My answer was sleep and peace of mind. Mine would be, I would definitely say peace, but if I had to really think about it, one thing that I value more as I got older, um, my real answer would be God, because one, there, I've been in so many different situations and struggles and tests and trials where even in the midst of the yelling, the chaos, if I literally was like, okay, God, I can't, I can have peace in the middle of that storm. Um, Cause again, peace of mind sometimes when you think of it, it's like, well, I'm going to keep these people out of my life because I like my peace. Yes, that's peace. But I, I really like, 
I like my peace all the time. Um, and I know that with God, I can't have that peace all the time, even while going, even while in the struggle. Um, so that is something that I've really been learning as I get older is if I turn to God, everything can just be like, it can be a lot better, um, balance wise. And then he can let me know, but like, they're not peace. They gone. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> he was showing me know he's like red and yellow flags. You were, know, caution. Were you, um, like spiritual and, and religious growing up? Girl, that's a journey. Let's. <laughs> so my mom is my mom's a christian my dad's a catholic um so like i in the beginning i grew up catholic and catholic church and then when my parents split i was a christian um but then my mom being a single mom we didn't really we didn't really go to church often because she's a single mom she's working all the time she's in school um, going to college and it's then she has kids so it's like it was it's a lot for her to do and she we just moved to a new state so <laughs> there is not like oh we can go to family we can have there's no like extra support there for her um so I remember I think in high school well again I knew about God she will she would always watch stuff on like on tv church <laughs> And so, like, I knew who God was, but I didn't personally have a relationship with him. Um, I would talk to him here and there. And then I think in high school, in high school was when I really, when I, when my church, my religion grew, my relationship, well, God didn't grow, my religion grew. And there's a difference between the two. Because um, you could be religious and not know God. And most, oh. a lot of people are. <laughs> Because religion, oh. religion is man-made. Oh, so okay. you can go to a building, say, you know, God, let somebody talk to you about God. But not really believe, But then never talk to him. So let's say you own, let's say you have a physical location, a brick and mortar location. This is your business. They can come in, do your workout plan. Someone's telling them your workouts, but then they leave. When did you build a relationship with that person? You never saw them. Same thing when going to church. You can go to a church, let a person tell you about that person, leave, that's their house. You heard about them, but you don't know them. That's the difference between religion and a relationship is, yeah. <laughs> and that was my thing. So in high school, I was, I was in church almost every day. I was doing like dancing for the youth program. I was in teen church. I was doing dancing for like the actual ministry. I was in church like four or five days a week and I did that for a few years. I didn't really know God. I didn't really know anything about God. Um, I knew he was good. I knew some scripture. I didn't know God at all. My relationship with him did not grow at all with being in church and my relationship outside of, well, that was 10 years ago. My relationship since then and not going to church has been my relationship with God now outside of church is the strongest it has ever been. And when I talk to a lot of church people, it's a lot stronger than a lot of the people in the church. Because that's how I ended up getting rid of my business, getting rid of all my possessions in life, going to a different continent, to a different country, because God was like, hey, we're going to do this, and ended up living there for a couple months. And he provided everything. I literally got rid of all my income. Cause God told I, me to. 
How'd you mentally deal with that? I had peace. That's the thing. Peace isn't like, oh, I want peace of mind. Peace is peace. Jesus gives peace. So it's to the point where a lot of times I'm going through a struggle and the thing with God is he's so good that he'll warn you. So if I'm about to go through something like some like real spiritual attacks, um, he'd be like, hey, come to me, pray, and you're going to fast for the next three days. That fasting spiritually, when you fast, it really helps you connect and grow spiritually um, so you can hear God better. Going through that and doing that, when I, um, after the fast, typically I would get some spiritual warfare happening because he warned me, but now I'm prepared. So all the attacks coming, he was like, I told you this was coming. So now when he's guiding me with like, don't respond to this, this is just an attack. Like he's literally letting me know there's been times where I'm literally boohoo crying in a midst of an argument or something. And God was like, this is an attack calm down, walk away, chill. And then instantly I walk away in peace, full peace. Okay. I was just pouring tears in full peace. So that's uh, something that, sorry. Go no, go ahead. That's something that, um, that I've learned that I cannot do on my own. And no matter how much protection I do for my peace, I cannot do that on my own. I've tried it and I've been happy. I've done things, but the way God can just, place peace over me it's unexplainable so with that with that happening how did like people around you like react like if you were changed like where was there like a physical change people saw um yes yeah, so I actually just recorded an episode with a friend um on and off she's my best friend because when you go through a season when you go through different things with God like there'll be wooden wilderness seasons and if that person isn't connected to God always and if the people who they're hanging out is not connected with God and they're still doing a lot of different things people don't realize that like the things in this world say okay same thing with what fitness um and our health journey it's not what we do in the gym we think that oh we're just going to show up and this is just this is it everything we do in life from sleep to um, decisions we make that we eat, to our stress, all of that affects our weight. Literally just all, everything that we do in life affects our weight. Putting on too much of the wrong hand cream can affect a woman's weight because now it's throwing off our hormones. Now, because our hormones are thrown off, she has um, hormone imbalance or a sensitivity to something. So literally just washing your hands and putting a lotion can make you gain weight. It's, people don't think it's that serious. So when it comes to, who you're hanging around with and who they're hanging around with. If they're hanging around with this crowd and all this bad stuff, spiritual stuff is happening to them, they come back to you, that stuff is going to be around you. So I was good. I had God's peace, but I stepped out of my comfort zone. I stepped out of where he allowed me to be, to do any and everything. And that's coming back. And the one way I explained that to somebody was like, um, the thing that happened in 2020. You can't see any of that, but it's a big deal. So if we're hanging out and we're in isolation and the person that we're hanging out with, they're like, now nah, we're going to go out and they're going to every single place. 
you don't know where they've been. You can't physically see it. They come back, they're good, they look fine, but now they bring everything that they bring everything with them of where they've been. You can't see it. Yeah, exactly. The energy. There's been times where I walk in, even like it, I I always had like a strong discernment, but in middle school, like I'd be like, I would tell a friend, I'm like, no, 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 no. Don't don't hang out with that one. They'd like six weeks later, girl, you don't even tell me because I told you not to. <laughs> <laughs> that's like parents. But that's the thing too, like with my parents, like they had to, because at a certain point, you're supposed to do better than your parents. So my parents introduced me to God, but then I had to learn who God was for myself. So my relationship grew to the point where he's taken me to places and done things where my parents are like, well, you, mm-mm, that's not God, don't say it. Mm-mm. Jesus didn't tell me that. That's <laughs> rebuke it. Don't, don't say it because me fully devoting myself and just seeing the miracles happen, my my parents are like mind blown like wait what just happened because they know they know that God can do miracles but I had to learn I really had to learn for I had to learn who he was and I think especially especially growing up in a black household because they be trying to use scriptures and stuff be like oh this the devil using you this that's my grandma and I'm like, exactly and I'm like uh-uh <laughs> I was like my what I was like, right here, Jesus said, you see it in red, Jesus said, (laughs) he was like, I did not come to bring peace to this world, but to turn. So when it comes to certain things, I'm like, what people would tell me from the church to family members to society of this is what it is, this is what you to believe. God was like, question everything. So I teach, when I teach people, I teach them to question everything. I question everything. Okay, we going through this? Well, if it's like a personal journey, I'm like, okay, I understand you, Lord. I have faith and I trust you. And I know, I know whatever I go through, one, you're not a liar. Two, you have to do this because you already showed it to me. So where the miracles at? Like, I, I expect God to do miracles all the time because he's done them for me day after day after day. So when I wake up and I'm not feeling it, I was like, mm-mm, we not, Jesus, I need you. You feel this? I know you see what I'm going through. I can't handle this because I'm feeling like this. I know it's going to be a good day. There's something trying to keep me down, Lord. Let's go ahead, bring the miracle through, open these doors up, the new doors, new opportunities. And I've just learned to understand um, because there's a verse in the Bible that that talks about rejoicing when you go through tests and trials because it gives you endurance. Same thing when you lift weights. You lift heavy because when you lift heavy, you build endurance. You, you've been on that muscle. Now you can yeah. handle stuff. When you go through tests and trials and struggles, you're building that endurance. Now I can handle stuff. And I got God. So it's like, I know what's coming. He's warning me. And we building that spiritual weight. And I got peace. So, I love how you tie everything. Your analogies are good. <laughs> Girl, that's the Holy Spirit speaking through me. I'm just a vessel. <laughs> I like that. But yeah, that's having growing that relationship. So like, okay, so one time <laughs> people who listen to this podcast, I think it's like the third time I said it. <laughs> but okay. um when I went to I was in I was in Morocco. Again, I have no income coming in. 
I've been living out of the country for months, but literally by the grace of God, just by the grace of God. Um, I have like $10 or less in my bank account. And he was like, he tells me in a dream, um, tomorrow we're going to, to Spain. And I remember in the dream, I remember in the dream saying, I was like, oh, tomorrow, like I have to go to Spain. And the person with me, they were like, they were like, how are you going to go to Spain? I'm like, I said, like, I need to like get a boat to go to Spain. And they're like, how are you going to get a boat by tomorrow? And I'm like, it doesn't matter because I know that God has been so good to me that he's always provided. So I'm not worried about it. That's what I said in my dream. So I woke up and I was like, well, I guess I'm going to Spain. Tenales, pack my suitcase, get ready. Cause I'm going to have to take a bus, a taxi and a ferry to get to Europe. In Europe, it's way more expensive than Morocco. Um, I packed my suitcase and I was like, yeah, I got to leave tomorrow. Um, I'm in a village and almost all of them don't speak English. <laughs> so like I'm, I tell one person, be like, yeah, I got to go. Um, and that week I was, it's my birthday week and I was really homesick as well. So I've just been crying. Um, and so when I go to bed that night, my phone, doo -doo 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 -doo, and the Lord bless my account. I have the finances to go to Spain. I wake up because I, I moved on faith. I wake up, I go to Spain the next day. Um, it's actually carnival and I have an amazing time. I didn't know. I didn't know any of this. Wow. <laughs> um, so I get off the boat and I was really confused because this this boat was delayed by the flower. So now it's nighttime and I just see like all these people wearing like komodos and like just like Asian attire. And I'm like, I'm in Spain, right? <laughs> <laughs> but it was me off too. Yeah, it was a celebration. I was really thrown off. Cause it was literally just people walking commodos down the street and I didn't see the, de the decoration yet, <laughs> but it was an amazing time. I, I got to spend my birthday in Spain during carnival with no income. And so I went out to eat and I literally actually recorded me like ugh, I had some of the best pizza. I recorded the experience because I set it up because I knew who did it. So I had my place set up. And I literally took a picture with like the empty chair across me. And, and it was like, I'm having dinner with Jesus. He did this for me. I literally was just crying the day before yesterday because I was homesick and I missed my family. I didn't have any social time because everybody I was hanging out with spoken language that I couldn't even look up on Google Translate because it does not exist on Google. So it's like, what do you do? Like, I don't have that social. I don't have... I was missing out on a lot of things that we need as humans. And so God took me to Spain and I celebrated the weekend with him. I spent my first night and I understood. And I just, as I'm eating dinner, I'm just, just thank you God the whole time being aware that he did this. And the next couple of nights, I met all these amazing people from around the world and was able to converse with them. And it was an amazing experience, but that's what I mean when I expect miracles. Is he t if he tells me to do something, okay, Lord, show up. Show up. Yeah. You're going to do these miracles like this. And he constantly would do that. Like the adventures and the trips that I have been on, it still feel surreal because I don't plan any of this stuff. But I end up on islands in Portugal for a week, going on all these excursions, seeing all these different things, not by 
me knowing that this hap- this event is happening or I have the financial means to do this, but my God, because I was willing to lay it down and surrender to him and I've built multiple businesses and every time you'd be like, okay, well, we're done with this one, give it away. I didn't sell any of my stuff. I, I had a spa, I had some very expensive equipment in there. I donated everything and just gave it all away. And that's the thing, when you, when you know he will provide for you, he's going to bring back seven, 10, a hundred fold of whatever you had. When I first started this journey and I moved from Georgia to Florida, I loved the place I lived in. I had an amazing place in a gated community. And then when he moved me, I was like, okay, let's move me to Florida. I want to live by the water. He organized it to where I had two months off. I didn't have to work, um, organized the job for me down there. I got a place where they transferred me. Like literally when I was working in Georgia and the day when he told me to move to Florida and I was like, eh, that my faith wasn't that bold then. I was like, mm, no, I'm just thinking about it. He had people come into my job the next day and offer me a position to move. And then they would transfer me. He had people come who were already living down there to move my stuff for me. All of these coincidence and miracles were happening day after day after day of God telling me look at all the stuff I'm laying out if you just go and he did it so that was the first big move and then everything else it was just adding up so my faith for trusting God is I tell because the Bible like they were like um you just have to have like a mustard seed grain of faith mm-hmm. my faith I was like I got King Kong faith now <laughs> Whatever you tell me, I'm knocking them obstacles out the way. Like, <laughs> I, like I got big, bold strength. <laughs> That's good. That's rewarding. So I was like, and there's always, I and that's what um a friend said the other day. She's like, she's like, things don't bother you anymore. She's like, you just, something will happen and you just be just sitting there like with peace. Like it doesn't even face you. I was like, yeah, it shouldn't. Why would someone else's feeling face how I'm feeling or how I'm doing if they're in a unhealthy, unhappy place? Like though, and a lot of times when I go through like situations like that or where someone is going to be upset, the Lord tells me before and drink. He'll show me the person. He'll tell me that they're going to be upset. So I know what to expect. And that's another thing with the peace is when I'm walking to a situation that's not peaceful, I have the warning. So I know how to go in there. I know how my heart posture has to be. I know if I just keep my mouth shut and let the Lord do what he needs to do, it will pass. It takes a while to get to that point, though. It takes a Every- while. Yeah. <laughs> it takes a long time, girl. Yeah. I'm happy for you, though. Thank you. It took, boldly, it took a lot of, and honestly, the last two or three years, the last two years is when it really happened fast. But I was very bold and intentional with it. Like I prayed prayers that like you really shouldn't pray unless you want your world to turn upside down. My world was already upside down. Things had just happened. Um, I got a really bad relationship. I was homeless for a few months. I had just got my business, got 
literally turned it around and flipped it. And I was like, okay, Lord, like I'm done with all that. <laughs> that was a ratchet. I don't want to do it no more. <laughs> You're so funny. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to, I'm sick. Like a lot of it was fun. A lot of it was fun. I'm not going to lie. It's, it's fun living in the world. That's why it's so easy not to go to God. It's fun. Um, so I was having a lot of fun. And the consequences of my personal choice of fun was more than I physically and spiritually and mentally wanted to handle. <laughs> and it was always adding up at once. So I was like, I really like this. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I got to. I got to do something. Um, and so I like kind of dove in for a year of every day, every month for a year, I was doing some type of fasting where I was like, just really kind of like humbling myself before God and like telling him like, I'm serious about this relationship. Like if you all in, I'm all in Jesus. Like it's going to be both of us all in. Like you're not just going to be the only one. I'm not going to be lukewarm no more. And so mm -hmm. like, I remember in March, like I started in January in March, I told, I told him, I prayed, and it was one of those prayers that like, the moment I prayed it, I was like, ugh, he already heard it. It wasn't like I could unsend the text message or nothing. <laughs> so like, I prayed, I was like, um, but like, I've already been broken. I've, I've been broken so many different times in my life that like, really, really, that hit hard different times of that's gonna be my book but yeah there's been a lot of times that just like really deep dark brokenness um or just situations that multiple situations where I should have been not okay or not here and I was I was like okay you keep saving me too many times for me to not come to you and so that was me giving him giving him my all and I told him okay, I've been broken on my own. So I want you to break me. And I told, I was like, okay, God, break me. Break me down into who you created me to be. Because you created me. And then I created all these walls. I created all these other false identities. And I'm not living the way you destined my life to be. I don't want to come to you at the end of the, at the end of my life. And you be like, well, I poured all this into you. You never poured it out. And I'm like, okay. So I was like, I told him, I'm like, okay, Lord, break me. Cause you created me. You know who I'm supposed to be. You know how I'm supposed to be walking. You know how much you are willing to continue to pour into me. I'm supposed to be pouring so full, full that I have overflow. My overflow is supposed to be pouring into others. And I'm not there. I'm barely full right now. So I told him like, break me and build me into the woman you have destined me to be, to the woman that I need to be, so the woman that I need to be for me, for my husband, for my kids, for all these different things that I'm going to get in the future. Because I'm like, I'm not there yet. And if I was, if you were to send me my husband tomorrow, I'm not ready for that yet. If I was to have kids tomorrow, I'm not the woman you need me to be. So I don't want to continue to be that anymore. Like I need, I need to show up for you. I need to show up for me. I need to show up for my future. I have a purpose. And just like a lot of times, our purpose isn't about us. It's about the people around us. So if I'm not showing up for me, what am I doing right now? And I was like, I need, I need you to help me change who I am right now because I have not been strong enough to constantly commit to myself 
to do what I need to do daily. So I, I need your help. <laughs> Everything that's in me, that's none of you. I need it to be broken off of me. Everything that I'm doing, that's none of you. All my desires, I need, to be, I need them to be broken. I need my desires and my wills to be in alignment with you. With my purpose, I need to walk in purpose, Lord. And I would just keep, I just kept praying. I need to be, I need to walk in purpose because I don't want to, I don't want to do that anymore. And it went, I went more into death about it. But after I prayed, I was like, ooh, it's going to get hard. It got hard. It got real hard. When you ask the creator of all creation to break you, Girl, I don't know if you've been in a relationship and you had your heart broken or yes. you've been in a situation. <laughs> like that stuff hurt. But when you <laughs> and got creative, he's like, oh, you want all the other stuff that broke you, girl? <laughs> <laughs> it don't even add up. It is, he, he knows what broken, he knows the depth, he created the definition of broken. <laughs> So he showed up and showed out as he does. <laughs> and it was the hardest and one of the best things that I've ever prayed for. Because <laughs> the peace that I've had, one, it grew my relationship with him. And it grew my relationship with, first, I grew my relationship with him. I mean, he did that. He told me, he showed me that no matter what, I will show up for you. So that year, when I prayed that, he sh he showed me that he he's there. He always make a way. He's never gonna be late. And so that's when he would tell me things like, "Okay, we're going to Spain tomorrow." I'm like, "Okay, bet." Two K facts. I don't hesitate anymore. If God tells me jump off the cliff, okay, I got it. I'm landing in a jet. What's going on? Like I'm not worried about it anymore. Like I and that's what I tell people. Like that actually in the last few months of traveling, they'd be like, oh, well, weren't you worried about I stopped depositing that in my bank account. We worry is not a thing. My mom used to tell me, you can either worry or you can pray about it. And so I had to put that on her because when I was gone for all these months, <laughs> she's like, you gonna come get your dog? Like what's going on? Because sometimes I will call her crying, but it was like, I'm like, I'm not worried about it. I'm like, I'm human and I'm going through a lot. So I'm crying, but I'm not worried about the situation. I'm at peace about it, but it's still hard. The struggle still hurts. The situation still hurts. I'm human. It doesn't get easier, but I have peace and I know I'm going to get through it. And I know because I'm going to get through it, not only do I have a reward waiting for me in heaven, but God's also going to reward me down here. Because if I'm being obedient and walking in purpose, he's going to use me because I'm allowing him to. If I'm a vessel, I'm like, okay, Lord, I try to not do this podcast. And he's like, we're not going to delete this. There's people that I need you to reach. There's people that I need you to bring together. So this is going to be a platform where I create that through it. And so I had to be obedient. No, <laughs> so I was like, okay, Lord, well, I'll reach out and you bring the people. And so I, I know <laughs> this is the beginning, but it's by being obedient and just turning left, turning right saying yes turning around so many opportunities happen and open up like that because a lot of times he just he just want to test you do you trust me 
you say yes, you move forward. Okay, damn. <laughs> Turn around, open a box. Look what's inside. He's like, I just want to see if you trust me. He's like, girl, it's blessed. The business blessed. You trust me, I got you. I created all this. And people who, when it comes to wealth and when it comes to a lot of things, we get it confused because the wealth is of the world. All these football players, all this stuff, they're getting worldly wealth. They're gaining cars and all this other stuff. That can go like that because most of them, the moment they get out, they're bankrupt. You just made $500 million in your life and you bankrupt. Prosperity comes from God. When you walk in, you have to have purpose to be in prosperity. None of Nobody can claim prosperity unless they know God, unless they're on purpose. Because when you walk in purpose, he's like, okay, you can only learn your purpose if you know God. Because if not, you're going to be working nine to five. If that's not your purpose, God was like, I put more in you than that. You need to do this business. You need to do that. I'm, if you want to be comfortable, you can be comfortable. But I created you to be excellent. So if you want to be excellent, you need to walk in purpose. You need to get uncomfortable. You need to go seek my purpose. Once you do that, okay, you did it. What, when he gives something, he requires a lot. So yeah, there's going to be a lot of different sacrifices. You're probably going to have to get a whole new fan group. You're going to probably lose that job. But you don't gain a business. You don't gain peace. You're going to gain all these different things because you trust the Lord. And then he's going to make sure you're good. He's going to set you up to set your kids up, to set your grandkids up. Because at the end of the day, prosperity is going to be everlasting prosperity. It's going to be, God set me up so good. I've been praying for my kids since I was 11. I've been praying for my grandkids the last three or four years ago. I've been already praying and blessing generation from on from here on out because I know the Lord's told me. So I already know they're good. I already know what I'm building is set up for generation after generation. So as I'm building all these companies, as I'm doing all these late nights, because God already like, he got me. I have to keep doing it. It's not just for me. It's to reach other people and help them walk in purpose. It's to reach my kids to help them walk in purpose. It's to reach their kids and help them walk in purpose. It's <laughs> much bigger. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> we're like all that. connected. We're all the same body in Christ. Yeah. That's, that's like you, my sister, we all, we're family. We're the same body. So if you see me not walking in place, be like, hey, girl, then you just say, you but get your butt back over there. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure we stay in the line and walk in the purpose. Yeah. And that's the point of, of us all understanding that we're human. We need each other. I can't do this on my own. I was sad. I was like, Lord, okay, I need friends. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I've been in isolation too long. I need people. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think doing this podcast and building this platform is gonna allow you to find the right people. Yes. I was like, <laughs> I was like, this is so good. Cause I haven't really been able to talk to people in so long. <laughs> yeah. I like I like the I enjoyed the conversation. Thank you. I appreciate this. We friends now. <laughs> of course, of course. I was excited to do this. I know that's like when I saw your comment when you asked me, you like, well, what do you do? <laughs> to keep... Um, it was on somebody's post about um they're trying to lose like 15 or 20 pounds in like a week or two. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and then the moment you commented and God was like, because I responded to you, but then God was like, 
message her about being on a podcast. I'm like, I don't got that thing together. I was like, okay. Yeah, <laughs> and you were the first person I asked. I like that. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. I feel you're honored. And he let me text. <laughs> nice. I hope and I didn't so, disappoint. Oh, no, not at all. Okay, we've been recording for a long time. These long yeah, podcasts. <laughs> I am, I am hungry, though. Me too. <laughs> I've What's been for talking. Dinner? What? It's all good. Six hours. Yeah, six and a half hours. Yeah. I'm like, That's I'm thirsty and hungry. <laughs> all right, we end But I'm gonna have you um send me your information about your business and what you do and like all your online stuff. So when I post a podcast, when I post a video on YouTube, I'm going to link all that. So if they want to find you, if they want to connect, um, they'll be able to do that. I appreciate that. I'll definitely send that over your way and then we'll be in contact going forward. Absolutely. And then we'll probably do another one down the line. Yeah, no problem. Okay. Well, thank you for joining me. Um, I'm going to talk to you later and I'm going to link all the information below. And if anybody reach out to me and they have a question for you, I'll make sure to send them in the right direction. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you. All right. Have a good, have a good You too. I just want to thank you so much for listening to that episode. There's resources from Kiani and myself in the description. You can also check us out on YouTube. And if you are interested in joining Becoming Queen Bee, go to holistic-missions.org forward slash Becoming Queen Bee. The community starts October 3rd, and I am looking forward to having you in our community.